Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. My name is Paige Scott, and I'm going to be your host. Entourage Ministries gets its inspiration from Psalm 6811 that says, The Lord gives the command, and a great army of women proclaim the good news. Entourage is a multi-generational, multi-denominational, multicultural women's ministry based in Durant, Oklahoma. Join us today as we dive into truth from the Word so that your heart and spirit may be encouraged. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Entourage Podcast. This is Jesse Salee, the podcast coordinator and also the worship coordinator for Entourage Ministries. It's such an honor today because I get to interview Paige Scott, one of the founders of Entourage. And we're just going to give you a little background of what Entourage is. And we'll start off by... Um, me telling you how we met. So sounds great. Yeah. So it was April 2018. Isn't that crazy? And I have a friend, we have a mutual friend named Rachel Tapes, and she was leading worship for you and your mother, Debbie Booth Mills, Mm -hmm. and at your event called Hearts at Rest, which we'll ask you about in a little bit. And Rachel couldn't lead the worship for all of it. So she asked me to step in and help lead worship. And before that, we've never heard of each other. We've been around similar circles, but this particular event brought us together, and we've been together ever since. It's so cool. So Paige, why don't you start out telling us about Hearts at Rest, how that was formed from you and your mom, and how that turned into Entourage. Yeah. So I actually, I think it's great that you opened with that example, because I think that is such a perfect picture Um, behind the heart of Entourage, that we were two ladies from similar but different circles. Mm -hmm. We both loved the Lord. We both served the Lord in different kinds of of ministry. And um, and our love for the Lord and um, and that opportunity to serve in ministry is what brought us together in doing something um, new and different. And so um, even though that's specific to Entourage, I mean, to Hearts at Rest, that is a picture of Entourage. And so um, just to add a little bit of of context for Hearts at Rest, we are going to have a whole different episode about it because we have a Hearts at Rest program coming up in, in the new year in January. Hearts at Rest is now a program facilitated under um, the oversight of Entourage, um, but certainly it was... Um, it was a catalyst for what is now Entourage. And so it's something we still do. It's really where we began in women's ministry um, that kind of opened the door um, into to what is now Entourage. But to answer your question, hearts at rest. And I don't want to get too much into it since we're going to do a whole episode on it. But it is a, a, a women's ministry event that is specific to anxiety. So for ladies who are struggling in a season of anxiety, whether that is um, chronic, whether that is circumstantial with something that they're walking out, it is a seven-session program that ladies can go through, typically in a weekend format, where we just create a space for them to connect with the Lord and process what's going on with the anxiety in their heart. So that is Hearts at Rest in a nutshell, and that uh, in January of 2018, shortly before we met Jesse in, in that April or February of 2018, that is what my mom and I together began uh, facilitating in in our community of Durant. And so, 
piggybacking off of Hearts at Rest as it was a catalyst specifically for Entourage Ministries. How did that morph into something bigger that you found? So in the early days, um, we were doing a week-to-week format of Hearts at Rest, and we were getting to know um, several women, um, not unlike you, in that we're from similar circles, maybe different circles. Sometimes we were in fellowship together um, at, the, at the same church. But I think it's important to know Hearts at Rest is not facilitated unless we're hosted by a church. Like if your church wants to host us to come in, we go and do that. But when we're facilitating it in our community, we try to do it in a neutral place, not specific to a certain church, so that women feel um a barrier removed about being able to come in because they may not want to go to something called a Bible study. They may not want to go to um, something affiliated with a specific um, address or denomination, but that word anxiety uh, may draw them in because that's such a reality in their life. So so we had this set up where we were doing something um, in partnership with the Lord, of course, that was bringing women in from different walks of life, different denominations, some church, some not churched at all. And um, and we were in this really unique ministry space. And so as it would continue, there was, there was also a group of women uh, from that same type of makeup, different houses of worship, different seasons of our life, friendships from different seasons that they had prayed through the development of creating Hearts at Rest. So you kind of had this continuation of, of this um, anxiety-specific ministry through women that were now going through the program, coming out of it, wanted to come back and serve to, to share their stories, to help with administrative tasks, whatever those things uh, were, to continue in prayer and intercession if they'd played that role from the beginning. So you've got this, um, but it's just a seven-session program. So when we're done facilitating that, you know, the follow-up obviously is hopefully that they're, they're planted well in their church and that they're they're thriving in, in their walk and and that they're in a place of wholeness and a step further along uh, in their healing of anxiety than, than they were when they came in. But but anyway, through this, we just realized there's a deep hunger for women um, to connect not only with each other, but more importantly, with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, so um, in September of 2018, I thought, man, I'm just going to invite— um, several of my friends that are from different places just to come like to an evening of word and worship at my house. So kind of think like if you're from church land, a small group format, but not a small group because it's not specific to a church. Um, we're, gonna, we're from different churches, the ladies that we're going to be gathering. And so I'd actually reached out to Jesse at that time too and said, hey, do you just want to come lead some worship at this? We're just going to hang out in my living room and um, and whatnot. And so um, I invited several of my, my friends and ladies that I was doing life with at that time. And so there were about 22 of us. Um, that's not counting the children that literally were running around the house, circling the house while we were having a Bible study inside. <laughs> they had some teenage supervision, not to worry. I live in the country, so it's safe for them to run circles around the house. Yes. <laughs> but uh, so 22 adult ladies were in there, and we filled up the the living room. And, and my intention had been to show everyone some Beth Moore or uh, something from the Hillsong Channel that I, you know, that was word based teaching. But there actually wasn't anything that fit the time frame for that night for the audience. And so I ended up teaching. Jesse was leading worship. Um, it was important to me that women that I felt like, some, some of those 22 women I knew, they have callings on their life. Like, it's very evident. So I wanted to engage them in serving different ways. So I remember I asked Madison Johnson. She fellowshiped at a different church than Jesse and I. I asked her to 
to pray uh, that evening. And that may not seem like a big deal to a lot of people, but um, to her, that was really a step of faith and obedience to pray out loud in front of a group of strangers. Mm-hmm. So anyway, we just kind of had this um, set up, and, and um, so we just continued it into the next month. And, um, and it just became evident there was still a hunger for women to come in, in worship and fellowship and engage with the Word and in the Lord in, the Lord in, a, in a, a setting like that. So um, it, it just it was my personal ambition to just have a once-a-month gathering in my living room. And I think it's a side note for those listening that aren't from the Texoma area. During that time, there was a baby from our uh, community. His name was Baby Urias, a sheriff. And he was the, the grandson of a pastor of a, a a church in Durant, and he was born deceased, um, miraculously brought back to life. And there was this kind of three-week process of him walking through what death to life really looked like for an infant, just doing all kinds of tests, treatments in a NICU. And so our community, uh, the community of faith in Durant had really rallied together that time to be in, in prayer. And so um you know, it was during that time of intimacy with the Lord and and, and praying for um, baby rice that I remember the Lord showed me a verse in Psalm 68, verse 11, that says, The Lord gives the word, and the women who announce His news are a great host or army or throng. There's, there's a ton of different words, depending on what your translation is. And I just knew it felt quickened to me straight from the Lord Hey, I want to do something with this first because I do have I have good news for women, mm-hmm. and there is a host of women that are ready to carry that out. And so, um, anyway, so that's kind of where just to, I'll pause and let you um, ask what's on your heart to ask. But I guess that is when the Lord kind of through that verse kind of hit a pause button on me mm-hmm. to to just for me to stop and think, Lord. Is there something more that you want to do with this? Um, because that had not been my initial ambition. Right. Well, I absolutely love thinking about Hearts at Rest, how you said it's a neutral place. And and clearly it's not because we're taking church out of it because we are all one church body. You were just taking the denominations and the congregation out of it. So it was just more of a stripped, pure right. place for women specifically at that time with anxiety. And I just love that picture because Jesus, he does say, come who are all weary and heavy burden, and I will give you rest, which also is what Hearts at Rest is about. Mm -hmm. And I just love how that vein just parallels through Entourage, Mm -hmm. where where it just first and foremost says, we are a women of faith. We are a women of the church mm-hmm, of Christ, right. mm-hmm. and we seek this rest from whatever it is, from mm-hmm. anxiety, from control, from pride, and it just gives us this place of ground and kind of reworks in our minds. It's not congregational. It's not denominational, but it is for all types of women. So can you give us uh, or can you expound a little bit more on how that has brought about so many different women in this space and how that has kind of um, cleared a table for healing to take place and 
uh, for the Lord to just empower us to do well in our churches and in our families. Yeah. Um, So after I read that verse, the Lord brought back to my remembrance that He had put the word entourage in my heart even before the September meeting because I told Mm -hmm. the ladies, I'm like, the word entourage has been on my heart. Mm -hmm. I think it's because it's spelled like encourage, (laughs) but it has a T, but it's not like a normal part of my vocabulary. But entourage by definition is this group of people that like surround someone really important and they carry out like what that person says. And so um, the Lord gave me that word first and then gave me the actual, the word from the Word of God. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, okay. Um, So I began to reach out to the women that I was already organically in ministry with from Hearts at Rest, Um, those that had been those prayer warriors, that had been those testimony sharers, um, whatever the case may be, from different churches. Mm -hmm. So there were, uh, let me count real quick. So four or five different churches from our initial makeup. So I just said, hey, I really, um, I think the Lord wants to um, continue this and and expand this even beyond just the women that we, that that Paige Scott knows personally. Mm -hmm. And so they just all said, sure, we don't even know what that looks like, but we'll do this thing called Entourage. Um, So we just gathered in October of 2018, a month later, and uh, prayed about it, Um, took some formal steps, you know, so that we have things like transparency and and, an oversight and and some structure. Um, And and really just, I would describe it, I mean, Jesse, you were there to lead— what would then be the board into worship that evening. And I was just telling someone, I set a a three-hour meeting agenda, and we probably spent the first two hours in prayer and praise, and uh, or more than that, and then got down to business at the very end. And that's just kind of been the pulse of Entourage ever since then. So um, we started uh, after my house. We outgrew my living room. Then the weather changed. I also live in the country, so it just wasn't feasible uh, with kids also to continue to meet at, at my address. It's important to us, uh, especially for single moms. Um, that's our heart behind why we offer childcare when we have our, our gatherings. We want single moms to, to be able to come someplace. But anyway, we just started this process of what was a monthly gathering and then continuing to facilitate hearts at rest. We kind of probably did about four times a year, quarterly, something like that. And uh, the Lord just um, opened a favor with a, an event venue in town called the Monterey, formerly a church, um, and now secular venue. And so I love that uh, they were new, we were new, and they just reached out, gave us a great deal. And so we get to have church in what was a church, um, and, and we do that once a month. Well, in that period of time, the house that was the parsonage with the church, that then a birthing center, it actually— um, came up for sale. And again, it's not like we had a list of goals and ambitions um, (laughs) because we didn't. Um, And we just have tried to walk with the Lord and do what what we discern He wants to do with this. So anyway, we bought a house across the street. My husband and I personally purchased the home, and then we just allow Entourage to use it for whatever. So that looks like a a lot of different things. So um, to try to expedite this for our our listeners— 
We continued to gather. I think what's interesting in hindsight, we've gathered over a year now for a monthly step. The numbers go up and down. There may just be 31 month. There may be 100 one month. It just depends. And that doesn't really matter. Um, Jesse and I were talking this morning in our discipleship time about how the Lord often moves in quiet and small ways. And we are looking, we as the world carnally are often looking for the loud and the noisy. And so we have this statement of values that we do use as a board. And one of them is that we value value affection over attendance. And what I love about what I mean by that is that our goal is that women who come in and out of anything associated with entourage, they would have increased affections toward the Lord and that would have greater revelation of the Lord's affections toward yes. them. Mm-hmm. That is how we measure success. And you really can't even measure that carnally because that's a kingdom thing and it can only be revealed uh, by the Father in heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so numbers change, uh, but we're not in a number business. We're in a heart business. And a lot of the women who come now, well, not a lot, but some of the women that come now um, are not the same as the original women that came. Some of them are no longer able to come just for whatever, but there is a consistency in some of the women that uh, that come and from totally different pockets of, of life than I've fellowshiped with. And it's beautiful, and I love it. And you use the word I used the word a while ago, pure, raw, stripped down. And that is so true of entourage. No woman has an obligation to be here. There are no brownie points for being here. It's right. not like it's your, ch- it's not like it's these ladies' church home, um, you know, where they, they need, they need to go or they're going to be serving on Sunday. Um, it's not like it's convenient to come. It's once a month on a Tuesday night. I haven't found it convenient to come yet for anyone with a normal Western schedule like that is typical of our culture. So the ladies that come don't come out of obligation. They come from this place either of overflow, like they have such an overflow coming out of them that they want just more of the Lord so they're showing up. Or they come from a place of hunger. Um, There's a lady that comes, and I know she's lived in Durant for a long time, has not been to a church in five decades, but she will come into Entourage and she'll stay as long as possible because of the peace that she discerns there. Mm-hmm. And we know that's the peace from the presence of the Lord. Um, and that's for her through Jesus whenever, you know, but that's between her and the Lord when she decides to make that the norm of her of her life. But it, it's a starting place for her to come in, to work through whatever those hurts, whatever those wounds are that have kept her out of out of church for that long. So, yeah, it's just a privilege. So that's what, yeah, we gather monthly. We hosted a conference last year. That was awesome. Um, great praise reports from that uh, of all kinds of things. I know a woman that was struggling um, through fertility and, um, and yeah, God answered a miraculous prayer there that there's fruit from. There's a woman that was struggling with a lot of... Um, shame and, and condemnation things that she just could not move past even in a clinical setting and the Lord supernaturally did a healing in her life. And those are like two examples, uh, so much more than than that happened. Um, and then as you know, Jesse, we use this space now, the space that we call the ministry house that was a parsonage. We tell any woman in ministry she can use it for whatever. So there have been small groups that have nothing to do with entourage ministries that meet in here. And as women are on their own discipleship journey with Jesus, Jesus making disciples, they can use our space. 
And the past few months, every set, once on Saturday or so a month, we'll do a free hair care for women and open a Take What You Need boutique and just really get to do hands and feet ministry of Jesus. And that, those are sacred spaces. So those are all things that we've done, you know, throughout the past year. It's a blur to look back on. Um, and coming into 2020, I'd be really hesitant to say what we will and won't do. Um, I think just like you, I want us to be in communion with the Lord and see what His plans are for it. But certainly we'll continue to have our monthly gathering and uh, hope to see you there the second Tuesday in January. Listener, go mark your calendar right now. Well, I love um, the overview that you gave for the year, but what I really love, the overarching thing of the theme of of every single event we do, whether it is every second Tuesday at 6.30 at the Monterey is when we have our time of worship for women of all ages, all denominations are welcome mm-hmm. to the Hope Now conference, to what we do once a month for women with hair and your the Take What You Need boutique where women can come in and get clothing items if they need. What I love about it is uh, Paige touched on this about the board that kind of established Entourage Ministries. And hopefully we'll have these women come and talk on the podcast as well because they are an absolute blessing. But out of this was led forth Entourage Ministries. But all of it is a complete active service. It is these women that come and serve and open the doors at 6.30 on Tuesday nights. And that's why there's no preconceived notion of needing to do anything. It's not your church. There's not a place to serve. It's just a place to be served. And that's why I think entourage is so important right now. And I think that's the distinction um, between what we have to offer and then a women's ministry at a church. And that is just to come and feel that overwhelming peace of God that surpasses all understanding from the service of these women that um, have made Entourage Ministries. And if you meet them, you will know that they pray for you. They love you. Mm -hmm. They roll out the mat of welcomeness, and they draw your attention to the face of God. Yeah. I'm glad that you talked about uh, women's ministry in churches. I I think God is doing something in the Big C Church among us women because I just think that— there's not always been a clear understanding about what the role is of women in church. Mm-hmm. That's regardless of where you, um, where you've sat in a pew, and it's not really specific to the church. There's there's questions of of the role of women in society, and mm-hmm. so um, I mean it's at the forefront of headlines all the time. And um, and so I think God's doing something in unlocking and empowering the identity of women, and it's a godly thing. It's a pure and it's a holy thing. Don't confuse use what I'm saying with the um, flesh-led, um, you know, abrasive things that you hear like in the, in the media about um, about things. That's not the heart or vein of where I'm speaking from, but there's something pure and powerful going on on among God's women. And you just think back to the core of our design to be helpers um, as, as Eve was made in the image of God and, and as a helper to Adam. Women are really um, 
I felt like getting new revelation, new encouragement to be exactly who God made them to be in that role, mm-hmm. in their households, in their churches, where they worship. But we want to support all women's ministry. Yes. We're so excited. Um, in January, two churches are having large women's conference. I mean, excuse me, in February, two large churches are having women's conferences here. I will invite both of them to come to Entourage and invite our women into their houses of worship for the ministry that they'll be doing. I do. I have a feeling that long term, you know, we'll be producing um, Bible study content, mm-hmm. curriculum out of here, things that women's ministries can use um, in in their congregations and in their churches. So I always say entourage is not a meal replacement chick for church, right. um, but we hope to be like a vitamin or a supplement to serve and empower what God is doing, especially in women's ministry in local churches. And I think it's important to say to all the women that make up, there are seven women on our board, and mm-hmm. then Jesse um, is our, our worship and creative production coordinator and has just voluntarily been our worship leader the past year. Um, this is not the sole fruit or service of the entourage leaders' lives. The ladies that are involved in entourage are heavily involved in their churches, mm-hmm. leading life groups, leading, doing one-on-one discipleship, um, you name it, those things are going on. This is not taking the place of them. And I'm reminded that with a boat, with my mom, who's who's on the board, and also a pastor's wife, my dear friend Ashley McCain, who's on the board, they have both had um, different ministry needs come up that were specific to their churches, and they needed to step back from fellowshipping with us for a month or two because the date of their church's event fell on, on the entourage mm-hmm. date. And, and we're always going to lean that way and say, mm-hmm. yes, go to the small group at your church. Go to the women's ministry event at your church. When you're able to come and be fellowship fellowship and be encouraged um, with, with what the Lord's doing through Entourage, come, but stay absolutely rooted, planted where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to just wanted to note that. Yes, I love that. And also just thinking about starting in your house with 22 women, which was just crazier than you could have anticipated. And I think Hope Now probably had like about 10 times that, which is just neat to see, like over the 200 mark. Mm. We're somewhere in there. And so it reminds me, and that was in, that was in September of 2019. Mm-hmm. So that reminds me, and I just want to throw that in as an encouragement to someone listening if you will allow God to plant the seed that God wants to plant, the Word tells us He brings the harvest. And hope now is not—that is like one glimpse of harvest. That's not the end. Mm-hmm. That's just somewhere in the process of what God is doing. But you never know. So do not set your eyes, your mind, your heart on just uh, the preliminary stage, stages of seed planting because God sees something so different. And we've been blessed to see that so that our faith can be built from that yes. 22 number to that 200-something number in a one-year uh, one year time. And again, it's not about the number. It's about those ladies came, and they came from different parts in Oklahoma. I probably mm-hmm. knew less women there than women that I did know. And I have no idea why they came to Durant except that they were hungry for the Lord. They wanted to come, and God so loves it, and He so honors that. 
Yes, and let's go back to Hope Now really quick, too, because it is a direct vein off of Entourage Ministries. The women didn't have any reason to be there. We've never done a conference before, but to preface anybody who doesn't know anything about Hope Now, it was a conference that Entourage Ministries led. It was in a neutral space. We chose the Visual Performing Arts Center at Southeastern, a local college here in Durant, Oklahoma, and we just opened the doors. And what I want you to elaborate on really quick, Paige, is what you did in the beginning, what God told you whenever he said, let's give it away. Will you oh, talk yeah. about that and then what what it means even more for these women that came? And then we had a, we had a very special time, which is tear, making me tear up. It was one of my favorite parts of Hope Now. And it was when we had one time of giving yeah. to talk about how God provided um, with the leap of faith we had just yes. to do this conference. So uh, elaborate on that. Okay. So I'll go into the both of those, and we'll kind of end on that note, because okay. I think um, for you ladies that are listening, you'll find this really encouraging, because truth is truth. God is mm-hmm. God. He works um, faithfully um, in the lives of all of those who wait upon Him. Mm-hmm. And um, what Jesse's talking about is that, um, you know, we were running numbers for, um, for Hope Now, for having a conference. Well, I need to actually back up before that and say, in October of 2018, when we met together for the first time, there had been a um, just personally from from some folks involved, a small financial seed sown in, so that we had something to start with, and um, and my board is just or the entourage board is is full of incredible women of faith, and I did not feel any release to fundraise at that time. There's nothing wrong with fundraising, but to this day, I've still not felt a release to fundraise. So. I would look at I would look at some of our governing documents. I would look at the the money that we had, uh, and I would think about um, where is it going to come from. And every time I would get into a place that I would start to overthink it, I would back up and surrender it to the Lord and just say, "This is not like my thoughts that are confounding me are not of you." If I am Paige's strength and mental capacity, I'm trying to navigate how we're going to come up with money to do the things you placed in our heart in a ministry that people don't really even know what it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I can't do that. So I would just back away. And um, I will never uh, I will never forget the very first um, check given outside of, of ladies from our board was from a woman who is starting uh, an amazing ministry in Durant, um, I'm just going to have to uncover because she's that awesome. Mm-hmm. But Adrienne Stinnett, she is It's going to make me cry thinking about it. But she's starting a ministry um, with, with many others in our community that is for aged out uh, foster care kiddos. And, and she's been in a capital campaign for years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're, they're coming full circle. I bet by the end of December they're going to be fully funded. But I remember she came and handed me a check, and I knew— how valuable that was wow. to I knew what that money meant in her life and in her ministry and that I had not given any opportunity for someone even to give at that point uh, really and she just sewed that in and that just opened a door and so long story short learned quickly 
God provides, God mm-hmm. provides, God provides. So we always create an opportunity for giving at the end of our ministry events, um, you know, an offering or whatnot. Well, coming into the conference, by this time, God had provided some faithful givers, and we had we had money, uh, you know, some, some money to, to do things. But I told my board, I'm like, we will, just so you know, I'm all on board for this. We are going to drain what we have to to do something like this. And we're all like, let's do it. Best board ever. Let's do it. Because we also understand you have to sow to reap. You have mm-hmm. to, it, just in the natural and in the spiritual. So anyway, we start uh, the process and we calculate you know, things and we just still are approaching it with a lot of faith. But I just feel very convicted um, that we need to for those that want to give and pay to come, they can do that. But for those who want to come and they can give nothing, and especially this long list of people we came up with, ministers' mm-hmm. wives, teachers, foster care parents, church volunteers, if they want to— anyone who didn't—that uh, couldn't pay. So yeah, everybody. anyone. <laughs> if they want to come for free, yes. they can come for free, and they're still going to get a T-shirt. And so— um, Anyway, when we began giving away the conference, we just saw um, a rise not only not only in um, you know the registrations, but in generosity. Because yes. women had an opportunity; they could go in if they wanted to pay, they could pay to attend it. They could also pay for a sister to attend mm-hmm. it, someone that they didn't know. They could just buy an anonymous ticket. And so, um, last but not least, at the at the last session, I think there were six sessions. I hope now it was a jam packed conference. Mm-hmm. It was great. Um, hope that you'll be able to join us uh, if we do one again this fall, and I, I think that we will. But but anyway. At the, the very end, when the fewest amount of people were there, you know, like a lot of people had left because it was after dinner on the second day, but there was an opportunity to give. And uh, people, um, line, cry. people um, got in line and as Jesse was leading worship and they just um, stood in line ready to put in their offering. And I've, in America, I've never seen anything like it. In Africa on a mission trip once, where they have so little to give and out in the bush in in uh, the community of Malawi, I was saying they would dance their offerings to the front to make it joyful because they had so little. It, they just added a little dance to their yeah, offering. Yeah. But that's what it reminded me of. I just I was getting ready to speak and just had to to close my eyes in prayer, not to be overtaken with the beauty of the moment that um, that. Funding was not at the forefront, and it has never been at the forefront, ever. And it was not at the forefront of that event, but honoring God was. And mm-hmm. so at the end, there was an opportunity, and, and basically every, all our—I mean, it, it was all awash. It was all taken care of, and our balance um, never really changed from start to finish. Wow. So anyway, you can't outgive God, and when you feel a resistance to try to plan and make sense of something— Check your flesh, mm-hmm. because a lot of times flesh feels like resistance to what spirit wants to do. Mm-hmm. And I just do want to say that to myself right now. Paige, flesh often appears as resistance to what the spirit's trying to do. Mm-hmm. Get in your word. Choose faith. Surround yourself with wise counsel and people that have faith bigger than yours. Mm, I love that. And I also just love freely received freely give mm-hmm. it's such i mean it's just been a vein of hearts at rest you just saw the need of women who were bound by their anxiety and you just decided to pour out what jesus said he just loved 
those people and he's near to the brokenhearted. And I just love the service and all that. I love the service and hope now. And I love that opportunity for those women who so received, they were so filled that they gave, they poured out in that moment. And like Paige said, we don't have um, the calendar planned out in 2020, expectant and waiting on the Lord of what he has to do for us. But there is this movement going on with the women that are stirred. And what we have all viewed, witnessed, and loved about this year is that women are not clinging to entourage ministries. They're clinging to the Lord. And they are taking their confidence and healing and rest that they've received as we have served one another. And they are taking that to their churches. So so I, it would be hard-pressed to not see um, how women rise up in different areas other than Durant from something like this. So Paige, if you want to... Um, close out with any other well wishes, um, anything else, and uh, just pray for the women, just the women in general. Yeah, I would be so honored to pray. Dear Lord, I thank you for this opportunity again. I thank you for the ears of those who are listening, and I know, and they know if they've listened to this point, that you have them where they are listening for a reason. And Father, in this moment, I'm just I'm taken back to Jesus mm-hmm. in the story with Jairus's daughter, where he tells the little girl to rise up, to get up. Mm-hmm. And I just pray that over the woman listening right now. Whatever circumstances have you bound, I pray that you would know the touch and the hand of Jesus is right there for you to hold on to. Thank you, that, Lord, that you've allowed Jesse and I to be part of Entourage, and I pray a blessing upon the faithful women that are part of our ongoing ministry team and board. I thank you for every woman that so faithfully comes in and out, seeking you with no other reason to come than just to be in your presence. Father, I pray, like I've said in this podcast, the the power of a seed sown and that you're the just the fact that you're the harvester is such great relief. We pray, God, for the harvest of what you're doing to overtake our community in in a way that is so reflective of your love, your power. I pray that the unity that we get to experience once a month on Tuesdays becomes the pulse of of our community and I see that happening God you have a you have unity at the forefront in our special community of Durant Father I pray I pray for women that they rise up in the identity that you've given them and the call that you've commissioned them into mm-hmm. I pray God that we be lovers of your faith face excuse me doers of your word and we delight in your presence and that we walk in strength that's from your joy. Do with entourage whatever you wish to do. We're just your servants and we say yes. Mm-hmm. Not our will, but yours be done. Amen. Amen. 
Thanks for joining us today. For more information about Entourage Ministries, visit our website at entourageministries.com or visit us on Facebook or Instagram. We gather for our monthly worship gathering open to any woman who has interest the second Tuesday of every month at the Monterey in the Arts District of Durant, Oklahoma. 